Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pastor Plex Podcast. Chris, are you ready? I am ready. All right, wonderful. Here is our first question. Little details beforehand, then it goes to the question. So, I've been asking my wife a bunch of questions about how God showed no mercy or love to any race or people who were not descendants of the Jews. Seems he would just wipe them out even though they never had a chance to know of the Jewish Jewish people. Have other questions about ancient civilizations or ones that didn't have ties to the Middle East and relationships with God. I'm not understanding how God felt or dealt with them when they died. All right, so this is a great question. Um, <clears throat> we're getting to the question really is what happens if people have never heard about Jesus? But in the Old Testament, salvation has always been by grace through faith in the God who is. But the problem is, and this is the, the part that is hard for people to understand, when, when Adam and Eve sinned, they rejected God, they rebelled against God, and then they became slaves to sin. So apart from God's intervening grace, they could do they could not even come to know God. So um, so we know this. All people are accountable to God whether or not they have heard about him. Uh, Romans 1:20 is pretty clear about this that he's revealed himself in nature and in the hearts of of people. The problem is that the human race is sinful and we all reject the knowledge of God and all are rebelling against him. Okay. So, so in the old Testament, there was no way for anyone to know about God unless God came and revealed himself to them, which he does through, um, first Abraham, he reveals himself to Abraham. So all of Abraham's buddies, who didn't know God, and they weren't seeking God because they were incapable of seeking God because of what Adam and Eve did when they sinned. And you're like, well, that's not fair. Well, the reality is that you and I would have both rejected God uh, in that moment whenever we were in the garden with Adam and Eve. We would have said, you know what, God, I don't trust you. I'll do it my own way because that is just our human nature. And without God giving us free will in that very beginning, then you don't have a chance to love God um, on your own. You don't have a chance to love God um, with your heart. All you have is the ability to um, be a robot. And so that's not real love. So God had to give the opportunity for love to be rejected, and it was. Now, on the flip side then, you become a slave to sin, and you can't free yourself of that, and that's the consequence of sin. The, the, um, the, the consequence of sin is death. The consequence of sin is eternal separation from God, and as a sinner, you want that. That's all you actually do want, is to live your life, to be king of your own world, and that's part of the consequence of sin. Okay, so I feel like that's, that deals with that question um, and what God does reveal himself to uh, the Jewish nation, or really Jewish isn't the right word for it, but the, the nation of Israel, and they were supposed to be a beacon of light for the world, um, and that people would come to them, and they did. You, you read a lot about, um, like for example, Uriah the Hittite. He's a, um, one of David's mighty men. He was the one that obviously at some point turned away from false gods and came to Jesus. Or Rahab turned away from her false gods at Jericho, came to the God of Israel. So that, you, you see it happening, but not like it should have. It should have been this incredible experience, but the problem was 
even though uh, the nation of Israel had, had come to salvation by grace through faith, their inability to keep the law and their inability to love God with their whole hearts made them a barrier to other countries and other people uh, wanting to come to know him. All right, so I think that becomes um, really something for us to reflect on as the church is, is my, are my own actions preventing people from coming to faith in Jesus, ultimately? All right, uh, there's a second part of this question. All right, part number two, so bringing this kind of to some very relative things that we feel daily. Um, in present days, it would, this seems like asking what happens to people that just haven't had a chance to hear about the Bible and Jesus. Um, like we have some missionaries over in Tanzania. Um, there are plenty of people of those tribes that have died before they ever even got over there. What about them where they haven't even had a chance to hear? Yeah, I, I love that question because it, it gets into why we do mission. Uh, but really, you know, from Deuteronomy 4.29, it says, if you, but if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you look for him with all your heart and with all your soul. So the, the reality is, if you seek God, you will find him. The problem is nobody is seeking God. Now, what about if someone has never heard? The question then comes, then are they still guilty? Are they still condemned? Well, remember, the problem is, is that they're not seeking God. They're not trying to seek God. So, yes. And what if you said, well, if they've never heard, then they're off the hook. Then we wouldn't want to share the gospel with anyone because the most unloving thing you could do was share the gospel with the world because, um, well, now you've just condemned them. <laughs> However, because we're not into the mind of God, we're not into our job and our role and our life is to share the gospel. So we, um, there are people who have never heard, and Tanzania specifically is where we've sent missionaries, uh, and even to North Africa and around the globe, we're looking to send people around the world because we really believe that God loves them. He has a plan for them, and he has called us to go and make disciples of all nations, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always, even the end of the age. So for us to say, well, I can't go, because if I were to go, then they would be condemned, is sort of silly. And so therefore, we fulfill the Great Commission knowing that the authority has been given to us, the responsibility is all God's. I think this becomes something that I think we don't wrap our head around. Remember, the responsibility for saving souls is up to God. The authority to bring salvation to people, God has given to us. And so we do what we're responsible for, is go in the authority of God, to go in the authority that, that Jesus has given us, to present and proclaim him that people might repent, and then it's God's responsibility to save. And so instead of sort of debating um, whether or not we should, you know, if people go to heaven if they've never heard, we do know we've been commissioned and we've been called by Jesus to go to the ends of the earth so that every tribe, every nation would be found in heaven. And so I think that's part of the aspect of this that we really need to, to dig into, that God has called us to go. And uh, Paul, uh, whenever he was writing the letter to the Romans, said, I make it my ambition to go where no one else has gone before so that I don't build upon someone else's foundation. So Paul had ambition to go where the gospel had never been proclaimed. And so that should also be our ambition to take the gospel around the world. Now, I don't know if that's everyone's specific calling, but we should be in support of missions that go around the globe to people who have never heard so that those who've been condemned. And one of the things that we uh, could hear the gospel. Now, one of the things that we've noticed when we've gone to Tanzania specifically is that there have been people there who've been seeking God. 
and specifically our church planner, Holland, who went to Tanzania uh, years before he planted the church, he said <clears throat> one of the things that was really neat is he went to this village, and uh, no one would believe the gospel, and they said that he had to talk to the village leader, and that this village leader was really, 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 really old. He said when he was a young man, there was a voice that told him which way to go to find food, which way to go to escape the enemy, which way to go to survive. And whenever Holland told him the gospel, he said, this is the answer to the voice I've always been listening to. This is the salvation. And he led the entire village to faith in Christ because he had been seeking God. God had gifted him with the ability and then provided the means of salvation by sending our church planner, our missionary at the time, Holland, to that specific village. Isn't that incredible? And it, th- it makes me go, oh, wow. I could be on the forward edge of freedom by taking the gospel to where it's never been gone before, or where it's never gone before. And we saw that even with when when I was in uh, Tanzania with a man named Muhammad who walked up to our missionary James Meyer and me, and he said, "My name is Muhammad, but I sometimes eat pigs." And we led him to faith in Christ, and and we go, "Hey, why did you come over to talk to us?" He said, "I knew you had a message for me." And so I think there's a part of which you when we get into Thinking obviously, you need to think intellectually about all things because God is a God of the intellect of our mind. But God is also mysterious of like why He does things, when He does things, and how He gets glory from things isn't something that we can wrap our heads around. But that He is ultimately wanting to work in and through us to have His glory expand to the ends of the earth. All right, folks. Well, that is a lot packed into a little bit of time. Hope you enjoyed it, and we will see you next time.